Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am your host, Jared Prugar, alongside Corey Geiger. Corey, Penn State goes into Kinnick Stadium, loses by three points, but the backup for a majority of the game was Taquan Roberson. Tell me what, what your thoughts are. What how, how should we digest this game? Yeah, that's fascinating here because you know what? it looked like Penn state was going to win this game really the whole way. Uh, even as I was kind of coming back, you're still thinking in the back of your mind, I know all Penn state fans were thinking this, the defense is going to get a stop. The defense is going to get a stop. Um, it's a tough game to lose. There's no doubt about it. This, we got a lot of things to talk about. This doesn't knock them out of the playoff race. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Sean Clifford. I do think that it is very clear that uh, there is a massive drop-off from Sean Clifford to take on Roberson. We knew that coming into the season, Jared, and that's why we all knew for this season to be an, a good season, Sean Clifford had to stay healthy. Um, and when he got hit, you know, it was still a few minutes after the fact that we found out that, you know, he was going to the locker room and everything. That's a really tough blow. But, uh, boy, I, I, I just – I cannot escape the fact that the better team lost. I, ju- I, I wrote that at DK Pittsburgh Sports. If Clifford stays in the game – I think they win this game easily by 17 points, 21 points. I think I picked 24 or 34, 13 if Clifford stays in it because they were just rolling. But man, that was just a a massive, massive blow. Right. And I think, you know, with Roberson and obviously Clifford getting knocked out due to injury in the first half, you know, Roberson comes in and Iowa gets him to play exactly what they want. I mean, if you look at Penn State's drive chart, the field position battle just completely flipped. Um, when Roberson was in the game and especially late, right. you know, they, you know, they spent a lot of time backed up in the shadow of their own end zone. And that place was absolutely electric crowd. Jared, you and I talked about this on my radio show the other day. One of the keys was you don't have to sustain drives all the way down the field and score. You got to get two or three first downs punt from the 40 or the 50, let Jordan Stout mm-hmm. pin them back to the 15. That happened early. But once Roberson was in the game and they just really couldn't move the ball, well, now you're punting and Iowa gets a couple first downs. Then they punt and their punt coverage was sensational. They got one good bounce on a ball that stayed at the one, but another one late that uh, the guy knocked it down inside the five. And field position, look, it goes back. When you play Penn State versus Iowa, this has been the case for many, many of these matchups. Field position is a huge factor. And when Iowa – I mean, but still, Jared, Iowa takes over in the closing minutes, uh, give or take midfield, 45, 46, or something somewhere around. Aren't you still thinking Penn State's defense is going to get a stop here? You are, and, and you should be, because I don't think the Penn State defense played terribly today. Obviously, I thought they did really well in the first half. The offense did not do their part in the second. And obviously, we talk about complimentary football almost every week. But, you know, when Taquan Roberson comes out here and, and he really just – it just didn't look good um, to put it mildly. And yeah, I think that, you know, you would expect, you know, James Franklin talks about preparation, this preparation, that, well, the fact is he wasn't prepared to play. Um, And, and that's tough uh, when you're in a hostile environment like that. So you got to go out and help that defense, but the defense didn't help themselves either. And that was one of the things we talked about too, is field position. 
Iowa's won their games based on the field position battle. Right. And they did that in the fourth quarter, especially at a major level uh, Saturday afternoon. Look, we're going to spend a lot of time on the quarterback thing here. Uh, but let me say this first about Iowa, just to get this out of the way so we can move on to the things that I think Penn State fans really care about. I wrote that I, Iowa played the long con. For those who, you know, know movies, you got the, the, the short con, the long con, where you, you kind of play things out. What Iowa did throughout this game was horrendous play calling. I thought Brian Ferentz's play calling in this game was atrocious. I mean, second and 12, they're running the ball. Second and 10, they're running the ball. They weren't going to run the ball effectively on Penn State. When I say they did the long con, Jared, they stayed committed. They kept running. They kept – because James Franklin talked about during the week, Iowa's excellent at play action. Play action doesn't work if you can't run the ball. But Iowa had Penn State feeding into this – and so finally, when they did start to run the ball a little bit in the fourth quarter, then on the last, on the game-winning touchdown, what happens? Play action. And so when I say the long con, I, I think Penn, Iowa did this perfectly with all these terrible play calls throughout the game. And then all of a sudden, when the game comes down to it, you fake a handoff, you roll Petrus to the right, he's wide open, the receiver's wide open, and mm -hmm. Penn State. And so when you're going to play a bend but don't break defense, Jared, you can't break, okay? You can't, you can't get caught up in that. And that that was just a that was a great play call. After a day of bad play calls by Iowa, that was a great play call to go ahead. Right, and I think also on the Penn State flip side, I don't think that their play calling with Roberson was very good either. I mean, obviously you've got uh, a you know new coming incumbent quarterback. You got a guy coming in cold. I thought they didn't put him in a lot of positions to succeed, but they did finally get into a position where they were letting him run and going up tempo though that offensive line was absolutely awful up front today. The, the series when Penn State's up 17-10 and they come out, Mike Yersich went with the tempo and they let Taquan Roberson run and do some things. He made some, made some throws there, a couple. Uh, that, was, that was a good series. And when they went up 20-10, to 10, mm -hmm. again, I got to think Penn State fans with that defense, they know they're, they're thinking that that game is going to be over. Okay, so let's get into Roberson. All right. Hey, Jared, I don't think he's very good. Okay, we, we can beat around the bush all we want. I don't think Take One Roberson's very good. He's been at Penn State for three years. That's all we've got. That's what we saw today. So you make a point that they didn't put him in positions to succeed. Okay, maybe. I'll agree with some of that. I mean, they were, they were having him throw on third and 15 from the end zone. You know, <laughs> that's not necessarily great. But I, I got to think this is a big problem of what Take One Roberson is today and how he got that way. Jared, this was a four-star quarterback recruit. He's been yeah. there for three years. Oof. Okay, I know you come into Iowa, and that's a tough place to play against one of the nation's best defenses. Jared, he was incapable completely. And I, I don't want to just pound on the kid because I got a lot of people coming at me saying, Geiger, why didn't these coaches coach him up? Well, Jared, I didn't think Taquan Roberson was really all that great in the spring. I wrote it a half dozen times that I didn't think the backup quarterback was on the roster because they should go out and get somebody from the portal. And we'll get to the portal in a second. But I, look, I, once Sean Clifford exited the game, and this is what we all knew at the beginning of the season, if he's, out, if he's not in there, Penn State's in big, big, big trouble because you do have a tremendous drop-off from him to Roberson. I, I think that's an understatement, to be perfectly honest with you. And, and listen, coaches are probably coaching him up. I mean, a, a lot of the things that I saw from him in the fourth quarter, especially, um, you know, his throw, he sailed a couple of throws and they were wide open throws. Yeah. You know, he, he did not put his, his receivers in, in good positions to succeed. And Jahan Dawson, he had him wide open. I think Parker Washington, too, at one point. And that's those are the throws that you've got to make. You've got to hit wide open receivers. You got to put your receivers in positions to catch a ball. And he just did not do that. And then late in the game, obviously the last possession of the game, instead of throwing the ball away and killing the clock, he runs it and gets brought down in bounds. And, and yeah, okay. You can say people can say that he's, he hasn't been coached up, but again, we go back to this players have to execute. Right. It can't always be, on the coaches. Mike Yersich can't go out and throw passes for him. James Franklin can't go out there and throw those passes. Believe me, if they if they could, they would. 
but it, and you know at the same time you gotta if your number is called you've got to be ready and you've got to execute Jared, this is a four-star quarterback who's been there three years, and he threw for 34 yards in two and a half quarters. 34 passing yards in two and a half quarters. So, does he not have enough of a game plan package to be able to operate? How many first-teams reps has he gotten? Sean Clifford got 90% of the first-team reps. We heard that in the preseason. And that's fine. That's what you do with your first-string quarterback. And – uh Maybe I had that wrong. Maybe it was Roberson got 90% of the second team reps. So, yeah, that, that's it over Christian Veilu because we were wondering about that. So how much, how prepared was Taquan Roberson for not only for this situation, but just to run the offense in general? And then here's the big, here's the big question. And this, this is something that, again, James Franklin said months ago, many months ago during the spring, having three scholarship quarterbacks is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they go out and get a, a guy from the transfer portal? Okay, it's easy to say that. It's harder, I think, uh, because, look, a lot of guys, quarterbacks in the portal, Jared, they want to transfer somewhere they can play. They want to promise. They want somewhere they're, they're not going to go sit behind a third-year starting quarterback in Sean Clifford. Okay, so so I, 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 you know, on the one hand, I can say James Flanker's got to go get a quarterback. On the other hand, what quarterbacks were in there that would have listened to him and Mike Yersich and say, hey, we're going to bring you in to back up Mike Yer- Sean Clifford if you beat out Taquan Roberson. You follow what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it might have been a tough sell, but the bottom line is Penn State went into this season. They knew going into this season they had a massive drop-off from the starter to the backup. And here we are with the season on the line and the balance, and we don't know what's going to go on with Sean Clifford. And and you're, pl- you're going to end up having to play a guy that, quite frankly, is just not – I mean, he just does not look good. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing, and I, I I don't think they they were ever trying to unseat Sean Clifford. No, even as bad as he played last year, I don't think that was ever the plan by them going to the portal. But you're right, if you're in the transfer portal, you're looking for an opportunity to start and make an impact. And if you're in the portal, that's because you're probably not playing somewhere else, and you want to go and play, and that's a good thing. Yes, but let's be real here. They have this is the bridge year for the backup quarterbacks because they got Roberson. They got VU and they've got Mason Stahl, who is a walk on. So, yes, the quarterback situation is dire if Clifford is out for a long time. And we can talk about this when we talk about the future here in the second segment. But there was no easy fix to this situation with the portal, with the way that Clifford has played. Clifford has earned every ounce of respect, every accolade that he will get in the future this year up to this point and let's be let's be real here you know looking at the statistics from today Roberson what's more alarming than Roberson throwing for 34 yards um, is that he was 7 of 21 they let him pass the ball 21 times seven of those were completed now two of them were completed to the other team but that's crazy and another thing to to look at uh, before we end this segment here Clifford was the leading rusher. He didn't play in the entire second half. He had three rushes for 36 yards. I want to close by talking about Will Levis since we're talking about the portal because a lot of Penn State fans are being saying Kentucky 6-0. Will Levis Mm -hmm. had a huge day, five touchdowns uh, in a win over LSU. But you weren't going to get Will Levis to stay. Sean Clifford was going to be the starter. They finished Mm -hmm. fourth after Levis was pulled against Iowa last year and Clifford got the job back and then they won four games in a row. Clifford was going to be the starter. Will Levis won an opportunity to compete. He went to Kentucky and he got that opportunity and won the job and, and good for him. But at the same time, I just, we're never going to know this. We're never going to know how aggressive, how aggressive James Franklin and Mike Yersich were in the transfer portal. Because mm-hmm. if you're just sitting back saying, uh, we've got a starting quarterback and a lot of these kids don't want to come in and compete for a backup job, then are you going to be fully aggressive trying to go find a backup? Or are you just going to assume that some of these kids wouldn't want your situation, Jared? And so, again, but I, look, the bottom line to me, months ago, seven, eight months ago, James Franklin said having three scholarship quarterbacks is not enough. I think we found out why today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the scary thing, too, because we don't know how this is going to impact the team moving forward. You don't know if this is going to be a one-time thing for Clifford. Obviously, it's severe enough for him not to come back into the game. And I think he's a fairly tough um, individual. But that's the kind of the – 
the point where we're at, we're in this now, this new little Penn State purgatory where we don't know what's next. When coming into this week, things are looking pretty promising. But we'll get to the future here when we come back after this short break. Uh, We will catch you on the flip side here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is Jared Prugar. Uh, Corey Geiger is my co-host here. And, Corey, we, we ended the last segment talking about the future and how coming into Iowa, it was a good situation, win or lose, right? Now, with the loss and the injuries that have stacked up, do you feel the same? Where, what are, what's your thought process here? Okay. We don't know about Sean Clifford. Uh, they have a bye week here coming up. Uh, boy, if you're going to get banged up, you want to do it going into a bye week. And so um, that is certainly – it certainly gives Penn State time and Sean Clifford time for whatever it is. I, I, I'm not – as we're recording this late Saturday, we still don't really know what it is that he did, you know. And we won't know, to be perfectly Yeah, honest. back, shoulder, whatever it was. Sean Clifford is a freaking tough dude. He is a – tough tough dude i've seen him take huge hits jared and get back up and get in the game for him to come right out of the game like that and then to be in street clothes at halftime they found something uh pretty quick they found Mm -hmm. something significant enough pretty quickly it's not like he was lingering around lingering around in his uniform maybe this would it would wear off after you know, 45 minutes or an hour, and he could get in the middle of the fourth quarter. He comes out in street clothes. So, uh, boy, so here's the bottom line. If Sean Clifford can come back and play, Penn State should be fine. Penn State was the better team today, and if he stays in the game, they win that game, and they're the number three – they're they're the number two team in the country because Alabama lost. We'll get to that later. If, if Sean Clifford is in that game, Penn State's the number two team in the country behind behind Georgia. If Sean Clifford can't play – Man, Jared, you're talking two, three more losses, maybe at least, at least. So you, he's the one guy. We knew it three months ago. We know it today. We're going to know it later on. He's the one guy you could not afford to lose. Right. And, I mean, the, the if there is a silver lining at all in this entire situation, right, it's the fact that they have a bye week and they have Illinois. If Sean Clifford is out for an extended period of time, I would imagine the Illinois game is a tryout between Vu and Roberson, because if you get that performance that Roberson get went on for and against Iowa, yeah, it, it could be a, an absolute disaster moving forward. And and guess what? At this point, why not play Vu and see what happens? Yeah, because but it can't again, get any worse. It, but, right? but again, we we did talk about that. I mentioned earlier that. Franklin said 90% of the second team reps went to Roberson. I wonder how much of the offense Christian Bayou even knows. I'm, mm-hmm. I wonder how much of the offense they, they allowed take one Roberson to run against Iowa. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's a tough, tough spot. Uh, Oklahoma puts its backup quarterback in. Now, this kid was number one recruit in the country. He was a five-star kid. He comes right back and they beat Texas. Penn state puts their backup quarterback in the offense can't function and we do got to talk about the false start penalties because that was an absolute embarrassment. That was an absolute embarrassment for the entire Penn State football program and operation to have eight false start penalties, Jared. Jared, you're a football coach. If your team, if your high school football team had eight freaking false start penalties in a game, would you be running those kids like 50 miles over the next week or what? Because crowd noise, whatever, backup quarterback, that cannot happen. They they were they completely looked lost on offense. That's inexcusable for a team that plays in front of 110,000 people. I mean, we talked about how they shouldn't be intimidated going into Kinnick Stadium. And then they go in and lay the eggs in the false start. I think they were penalized 11 or so times. 11 um, times. And, and it seemed like eight or nine of them were false starts. And at one point, three in a row. Yeah. Right? I mean, they did get it kind of figured out. You heard on the broadcast – where they kind of put a hand out to Miranda, the center, and, and and let him know when to snap it. But that took – I mean, that took a long time to figure yeah. that out. So, look, um, 
this team with Sean Clifford, this team with Sean Clifford can still go to Ohio State and win. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's not bury the season here. If Sean Clifford comes back, you made a great point. Can they beat Illinois with Taquan Roberson? I, I think they probably can. So you got a while. You got a couple weeks here at least uh, before for, for Ohio State. You got 20 days as we're recording this. All right. This team without Sean Clifford, I'm not sure they beat anybody else other than Illinois because the rest of the schedule is Ohio State or at Ohio State at Maryland versus Michigan versus Rutgers at Michigan State. This team with Taquan Roberson uh, might lose its final five games. Uh, So that's just how how big this all all this is going to be on until we find out something about Sean Clifford. And, and on the flip side, I know this is a Penn State podcast, but let's talk about Iowa for a minute. They're going to be the number two ranked team in the country, right? And I, feel, and I still think Georgia is a, is a step above. Obviously, Alabama was humbled tonight by Texas A&M with his first loss, I'm pretty sure, to a yeah. former assistant and Jimbo Fisher. And great for Texas A&M. The Aggies finally lived up, lived up to the hype. They're an unranked team, hosted Alabama, they win. But Iowa's schedule is yeah. – it must be nice to play in the Big Ten West, right? They play Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. I good for them because they're gonna unless they lay an egg against any of those teams, and they might. I think the two best chances would be Wisconsin and Nebraska. I I they are gonna they're gonna walk very very briskly right into the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, and then hey, look, I've said all along I think Ohio State's going to beat Penn State with or without Sean Clifford but it can still be a good game I think I I got Ohio State goes into the Big Ten championship game and beats them anyway so if Mm -hmm. Iowa can beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game hey brother good job man getting in the the college football playoff because that would be amazing but I I still think this is Ohio State's conference to lose Um, but let's give Iowa credit man they I mentioned earlier about the long con. They Iowa'd today, Jared. Mm-hmm. They they Iowa'd today. That's what they do. They you just linger around. You hang around. And obviously, they got the big break with Clifford going out. But they you just linger around. You get a field goal when you need it. That was a big drive. Mm-hmm. At twenty ten, that five six minutes to go in the third quarter. Iowa needed points on that drive. And they went down the field and got three points. That's a pretty good thing. And obviously with the, with the touchdown. So I'm going to give Kirk France and his, and his guys a lot of credit. They didn't look great. Penn State was clearly the better team, but Iowa won the game. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's that's football. And, you know, you, you look at Penn State's schedule. Thankfully, they've got a bye week. They can rest up uh, because they got, they got pretty banged up today. Uh, they go in and, and John Lovett gets injured. Devin Ford gets injured. P.J. Mustafer gets injured. And, you know, that's – when you talk about some of those guys, that's that's a pretty big deal. And and obviously the goal is to, to stay healthy as best you can. But when you lose Clifford, you lose – and they lost Jonathan Sutherland. So they lost three captains. They lost three leaders um, on the field for them this in this game. And that's not easy to come back from either. Yeah, this team has been through a lot of adversity. And I, I'm just sitting here thinking because – the way it works for reporters and we we're, we're thinking during a game folks what are we going to write after the game <laughs> what angle are we going to take how are we going to present this to readers or listeners or viewers to tell the story of what happened all this is going through my mind jared because i'm still thinking penn state's going to win that game mm-hmm. i'm still thinking penn state's defense is not going to let them get into the end zone so I'm, I'm, I'm preparing this story in my mind of, boy, how about this Penn State team and this program? I'm overcoming all of this adversity. Isn't this amazing? 0-5 start, win their Final Four, start 5-0 and this year, go to Iowa, win. The, the story that was going to be written if they win this game, even in ugly fashion, even if Clifford goes down, would be one of, wow, what a great bit of – testicular fortitude that they've got in this Penn State program. And just like that, one play, one 44-yard touchdown where they catch the Penn State defense napping, and now we're talking about something completely different. 
Yeah, and first of all, I love the fact that you t- use testicular fortitude. That's one of I my favorite. I figured we could get away with that on a family uh, podcast here. Well, and that's can one I of my favorite stones? lines. Yeah. Can, I, can I say stones? Is that is that all right? Well, the stones were just in Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. but that's a different type of stone. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it's crazy. Um, you do think the Penn State's defense is going to hold up, but it, again, when when um, Iowa has the short field, there's not much they can do. <laughs> You know, the playbook kind of changes when you're able to cross midfield. And, and you know, on, on that last touchdown, I, I thought that there would look, maybe seem like there was a coverage breakdown and, and just kind of a miscommunication in the defensive backfield. And when that happens, man, that's, a, that's uncharacteristic of this Penn State defense. But if there is ever a time to lose this game, it is right now. Sure. Um, lots of season to go. If Sean – we're stating captain obvious here. If Sean Clifford comes back, all of this team's goals are still attainable. If Sean Clifford can't come back or has to miss a significant amount of time, this season goes in the toilet. Taquan Roberson needs to grow up and grow up fast, if that's the case. Well, look, I, I mean, mean he, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to play nearly as bad as he did today. Absolutely. Every game. He was a four-star kid. He did show some good things. They'll have to come up and tailor an offense that he can – that he can succeed in, and as you mentioned earlier, put him in, in a position to succeed. But what's disappointing here is, and look, you only have so much time. College kids, 20 hours of practice a week. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, these kid guys don't live this like in the NFL. But it just seemed like this team, this program, was not at all prepared to have a backup quarterback come in the game and, and, and still run the offense that you want to run. It just seemed – it almost seemed like, all right, now we're, we're just going to strip this down to its basics and, and mm-hmm. see if he can do this. And he still couldn't do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Obviously, I think the preparation was that they, there were situations where they're ready for him to go in. Right. But I don't think they foresaw him playing that terribly. And, and, and you know, the Penn State. Then offense, why not? Then why not? Because. Right. And what, what have we seen from take one Roberson in the spring open practices to, to lead us to believe that this wouldn't happen, Jared? No, right. And, you know, it's, hey, they gave him a chance and, you know, he, he'd done okay in, in mop-up duty. But again, that's mop-up duty. This is, uh, you're on the road, a hostile environment against the number three ranked team in the country. And you, you just didn't step up and they needed him to step up in a big way. And, and you're right, Iowa played Iowa football they they were able to stick to their game plan and they dialed up an intense amount of blitzes in that second half and Roberson just was not prepared for it at all and you know that obviously I think played a big factor too and up front they weren't ready for it so I mean kudos to the Iowa coaching staff I thought they just coached in circles around Penn State this week because of you know the injury to Clifford yeah after Clifford went out, sure. If Clifford's in that game, Penn State right. beats, their, beats their rears. Period. Right, and, and, and we're Penn talking – and that's the thing. is, we're, Everything's completely different if that doesn't happen. So, yeah. I mean, again, you know, that's that's football, though. And, and, and that's football not just at Penn State and the Big Ten. That's all over the place. Yeah, when you this, go to a backup quarterback, right. that, that, that is the reality. I mentioned Oklahoma earlier. That kid was the number one quarterback recruit in the country. Uh, when you go to a backup quarterback, you 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 run the risk of having a big drop off. Uh, again, I just we we knew that this was going to potentially be the case. I, I I just have always wondered why they didn't bring in somebody from the portal because I don't think Christian VU is going to be even remotely prepared to do this at all. To me, you had to get somebody, some dude from Buffalo or Central Michigan or or wherever, who's played some and, and has at least been in a situation before, whether you're playing in front of 1,500 people or 50,000 people, you mm-hmm. had to find somebody that would at least give you another option. Yeah, and and that option I don't think is Roberson. Uh, obviously not with the way that he played uh, against Iowa. He's got but, a couple weeks, though, Jared. He's right. got the bye. So let, but let's, let's, let's at least – and this segment on a positive, maybe he can figure some things out here over the next couple of weeks. If indeed, if he knows he's the guy. Right. And, and let's be real here. I know we mentioned this earlier in the segment. I mean, it's, he's not going to be playing the Iowa defense every time. Although the Iowa defense did set up a pretty good blueprint of how to beat Penn state 
and Roberson. Um, but this is this is a good foundation for him to start with. You know, you can only go up from here. And I think that's that's important to note, too. You know, it, if it gets worse, yikes. But I think it's only going to get up from here. Obviously, depending on the extent of Clifford's injury, I think that, you know, he's going to be able to to get some some reps of the first team, finally get some quality reps. And, hey, Christian, for you, okay, good luck because you're now the number two guy. And now you've got to be ready, and you've got to get caught up to speed as well. Maybe. People can't see us on our podcast here, but we're crossing fingers because all of this depends on, on number 14. Number 14's okay. They'll be okay. Right. Right, absolutely. And that's obviously the hope. Um, but at the same time, who knows at this point. But – when we come back from this uh, from this break, we're going to talk about the chaos that is college football around the country on the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am Jared Prugar. He is Corey Geiger. Corey, in a lot of school attendance offices or, or principal's offices around the country, they are the secretaries deem themselves the chaos coordinators. Well, now that chaos is extended into the breadth into the depths of college football. And the top 25 this week has been an absolute chaotic disaster of um, epic proportions, but in the best ways possible. You hey, see- Alabama lost. I mean, I've been saying right. for a few weeks, Alabama had some holes and I thought Georgia was the number one team, but uh, you know, here's the thing. Um, isn't this kind of what people want in college football, Jared? I don't love chaos. We, yeah, don't we want the uh, you know to not have Alabama and Clemson just control everything? I'm reading this. I read the story. Uh, it was Alabama had won a hundred consecutive games <laughs> against unranked opponents. That is unbelievable. Now A and M was ranked number seven, I think, a few weeks ago when they lost Arkansas, and they've fallen out. But uh, look, that's. I watched that game. Alabama scored, uh, was up seven. You're thinking, okay, they got this. And then their defense just fell. This is not a typical Alabama defense. We saw it against Florida when Florida came back on them, and they were lucky to hang on there. But, look, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. So here's how it sets out, so just so everybody knows. So I, Alabama probably runs the table the rest of the way, and then they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. If Georgia beats them, Alabama's out. Alabama's not going to the playoff. And they're a two-loss team for the first yeah. time in what would probably seems like forever. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're both in. So, so that is still on the table. If, Al, if Georgia runs the table and Alabama beats them in the SEC championship game by virtue of that win and mm-hmm. being in the SEC, then, then Alabama will still get in. I mean, a, a, a 12-1 and Alabama team and, a, and a, an 11-1 Georgia team, they're both going to get in. Mm-hmm. So then that leaves two spots. I still think the Big Ten champion gets in, be it if Penn State runs the table, if Iowa beats Ohio State in the title game, or if Ohio State beats Iowa in the title game and Penn State. So, so the Big Ten champion can get in. That's three. Then you've got Cincinnati's probably going to go undefeated because their schedule is bad. Oklahoma Oklahoma would have played itself out Saturday, Jared, if they'd have lost to Texas, but that's a mm-hmm. huge comeback win for them. So as of right now, you'd probably say – Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Because I still think Oklahoma is going to lose. But it, a lot is going to depend on whether Alabama can beat Georgia in that SEC championship game. That's a big spot. Right. And while we're on the topic of Alabama, they've got Mississippi State and the fighting Mike Leach is coming up. They've got Tennessee. They've got LSU at home, which is, I think, going it, it, playing LSU right now. Orgeron might not even be the coach by that point. Yeah, and that's November 6th. You've, then they've got their uh, SEC cakewalk in the middle of the season, New Mexico State. And then they're at home against Arkansas, and they're at Auburn. Yes, you know, two Auburn's ranked teams to finish the season. 
Arkansas is um, okay, but but right. the fact that it's at Alabama and they'll be so they're gonna look. I, they're gonna figure some things out. They're gonna run the table there. I'm very excited to hear Nick Saban in the media this week in his press conference. Rat poison. Which is a rat poison. Right. No, and, your defense just isn't very good. <laughs> right, and and obviously the Big Twelve still doesn't believe in defenses. You know the Red River Shootout. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Red River Showdown. Um, was actually a shootout on the scoreboard. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. I, I mean, obviously, I think, like I said, Georgia's far and away number one team. Now, Iowa's going to be number two. So if Iowa, when Iowa, Iowa's going to run the table, I, I don't think that they're going to lose any of these games ahead unless something drastic happens. Um, so they're going to be the number two ranked team potentially going into the Big Ten championship game. Well, that is really interesting because – when I say they Iowa'd their way to win, what Iowa does is they play these ugly kind of sloppy games a lot, okay? So are they better than everybody else they're going to play? Yes, but they're going to be in these slog fests where, Jared, if, if the Iowa dude doesn't score the touchdown on the 44-yard pass, let's say he's tackled at the seven. Do you think Iowa gets in the end zone and wins the game? Because I don't. I think it's a field goal. Yeah. So Iowa in against you know Nebraska's playing better. Um, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Wisconsin's been terrible. But I could I could see Iowa slipping up if they completely Iowa a game to where they're in some thirteen to ten game with a minute to go and and somebody gets a big play on them like they got on Penn State. Right. No, and, and I think that's fair, too. And I, like I said earlier in, in the podcast, it's Wisconsin and Nebraska, I think, are the two biggest games on that schedule the rest of the year. And who knows what's going to happen. But then you move to number three. Who's the number three ranked team in the country now? Is that Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Cincinnati will go up to number three. Uh, let's go to this. I think this is a great point. Donnie Collins from the Scranton Times Tribune tweeted this out. Will Alabama be ranked ahead of Penn State? I'll sit here and tell you, no, look, by the time everybody hears this, folks, you're already going to know uh, because this podcast is going to be up all week. The polls come out at, you know, afternoon Sunday. So you're going to know. I'll tell you this. It's a bunch of BS if Alabama is ranked ahead of Penn State. I'll tell you what, that would be a complete load of crap. If Alabama, which loses on the road to a two-loss unranked team if they're still ranked ahead of Penn State which should have won if not for its quarterback getting hurt and barely lost to the number three to look maybe people don't care about polls but I I do I think that it's great fodder to discuss Mm -hmm. there is no way you can have Alabama ranked ahead of Penn State in my opinion Jared no I think that's fair I mean to me you know you're looking at the polls obviously obviously um you you're looking at uh, Georgia number one, Iowa number two. I think Cincinnati and Oklahoma round out the top four. Then it gets tricky. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to bump. State. Ohio, Ohio State State's going to bump up, and then I think Penn State should be number six. Um, you're you're in you're on the road against the number three team in the country. You lose by three points the game. You probably should have won with your backup quarterback, and I think that speaks a little bit more highly of a, losing to a, a two loss Texas A and M team that. You know, honestly, I thought Alabama got outplayed for a majority of that game. Absolutely, they did. There's no question about it. Uh, So, again, it's just going to be that SEC bias and Alabama bias. Look, here's the deal. Who's better, Alabama or Penn State? I don't think it's close. I think it's Alabama. But that's – the polls should be about what you've done Mm -hmm. and – Alabama losing to A&M unranked on the road and Penn State losing the way it did. I absolutely think Penn State should be a ranked. I don't necessarily think they will be, but, mm-hmm. but again, I do think Ohio State takes that spot up to, so you're talking Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State, number five. Right. And I, like I said, I think Penn State's number six. Alabama, I think then comes in at seven because I think that they're the best of the one loss teams after Penn State. Um, as far as, the loss itself. Um, and then I think there's, I think Kentucky is uh, ends up in the top 10. 
Um, and I think Oregon's going to round it out. They lost, they didn't play this week. Um, and then I think Michigan's going to be there. I think Michigan, you know, Michigan almost right. lost to Nebraska, I think. And then uh, Michigan state right behind them. So you've got the state of Michigan, the mitten um, 10 and 11. And guess what? Penn state's got to play three of those teams. Still. Yeah, Michigan. Hey, how about Michigan state? Good for those guys. They were 11th this week. They'll be in the top 10. Uh, uh, so good, good for those guys. Um, a lot of, a lot of good teams in the big tennies. James Franklin brought this up last week. Let's get into this for, for a minute or two about uh, big 10 realignment. I'm not sure it's something the conference will be doing, but I do agree with James Franklin that they should at least look at it when you've got Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, Michigan state, all in one division, and then the other division's best best programs are Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, I did the numbers. Michigan's the winningest program in the history of college football. Ohio State's third. Penn State's ninth. The only team in the top 32 from the West is Nebraska, and Nebraska's not even any good. They're eighth. So three of the nine winningest programs in college football history are all in the same division. Mm-hmm. And you've got Michigan State in that division, while the West, yeah, I know Wisconsin's been good, you know, for the last you know couple of decades, but um, they're down this year. And then you've got Iowa, so I, I absolutely think the Big Ten should consider a realignment. I think this is a proposal that came up uh, earlier in the week. You, you take Michigan and Michigan State, and you put them in the other division, and then you take what is it? I think Purdue and Illinois, and you bring them to the East. Uh, you just swip, you flop those. You have to have Michigan, Michigan State stay together, and you can still play your protected crossover rivalry between the Buckeyes and the uh, uh, the Wolverines, and you can right. have a protected crossover rivalry between Penn State and Michigan State. Well, and we can listen. We can even use the legends and leaders uh, divisions from years ago before the Big Ten expanded with Maryland and Rutgers. Just throw one of those two in, in each of the uh, legends and the leaders and you know can we throw one of those two just away and, and trade them for somebody well maryland got boat raced um yeah that's tonight, not on saturday night i have but, never been a fan of adding maryland and Rutgers, just in case anybody knows doesn't know yeah and, and obviously you're the big Ten's doing that for solely for not for football reasons but for media markets obviously you get dc the dmv and Rutgers is in the armpit of america new jersey and Oh man, you're you're gonna diss New Jersey like that? Well, yes, and they and they can stare at New York City from from their armpits. Um, Aaron but, said but, that, not me. <laughs> I know Just all my New Jersey listeners. If you if you're out there, I'm sorry, but I had to. The cue up the Shawn Michaels um, kicking Ric Flair in the face um, gif, gif. However you want to say it. Um, I'm sorry, I love you still. But you know, looking into legends and leaders divisions from years back. Legends, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern. The leaders, um, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. Yeah. That is an actual balanced conference. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. I I wouldn't mind that. Here's the thing about Penn State. They're always going to be in the division with Ohio State. Always. That's never going to change. So no, no matter what your goal, you know, to achieve your goals, you're always going to have to contend with the Buckeyes. So as we close up here, I want to finish for another minute or two, Jared, since we to look ahead about Ohio, that Penn state, Ohio state, if Clifford can play, look, we're, we're bouncing ahead a few weeks here, but if Clifford can play, I still think that's going to be a, a loss for Penn state, but they showed me enough today. Penn state showed me enough. I had a lot of questions about this Penn state team, still coming in. I actually picked Iowa to win and I I'm I, in no way am I saying I told you so because I'm I'll tell you right now the better team lost. Penn State mm-hmm. should have won this game. Um but I still had questions about Penn State coming in. A lot of my questions were answered. So if if Sean Clifford can play mm-hmm. then I I feel better to how about this? I feel better today about Penn State's chances of beating Ohio State than I did before the kickoff. How about that? No, I think that's a really good point. And um, I feel the same way. I mean, obviously Penn state goes in there and, and plays really well until Clifford gets hurt, but at the same time, you know, the, the, they just didn't play complimentary football from that point on and, and looking at Ohio state since they lost to Oregon as the, as the number seven ranked team in the country at losing to number eight, Oregon, they lost by seven points um, at home. The, the Buckeyes haven't quite been challenged. They've got, they played Tulsa. They beat them by 21. They beat Akron 
and, and the fighting LeBron James's, I mean, the zips, um, 59 to seven, they beat Rutgers 52 to 13 and they beat Maryland 66 to 17. They've got Iowa at, or I'm sorry, at Indiana, um, in two weeks, they have a bye week this week as well. Then they are, then they host, um, Penn state. So they haven't really been challenged since that Oregon game. But again, if Sean Clifford is playing, it's a completely different ball game compared to Tiquan Roberson or whoever the, the Nittany Lions want to try it out there. Um, I think from what we saw from at, uh, from going to Iowa this weekend, I think that they have as good a chance as any to go in and, and beat the Buckeyes. I think this is the year that they need to do it. Um, this is, I think, their best chance in quite some time since I think uh, Saquon Barkley played for the, uh, for the Nittany Lions. I think this is the best time that they have to go in there and win and do some damage. But it all depends on what Clifford you get, if you're going to even get Clifford. It all depends on Sean Clifford. We talked about that in March. We talked about that in June. And April, May, July. This, yes. this entire season was going to come down to Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. And now it absolutely is the case. It's going to come down to Sean Clifford. I hope he can come back and play. Um, he was playing well. Uh, if he comes back, this Penn State team still has a shot. As you were going through that Ohio State schedule, they hadn't played a real defense yet. No. Ohio this, State hasn't played a defense yet. Penn, this will be the best defense that they play in two weeks when they play Penn State. I mean, I, I they haven't played a defense yet. Okay, period. I mean, uh, Rutgers is probably the best defense they've played yet. All right? And so, uh, so I, I, I would give Penn State a, a good puncher's chance in that Ohio State game, if, and and that's what this season is coming down to, the word, if, yeah. if Sean Clifford can play. Yeah, and if, if he is able to, I think Penn State's in good shape. But like I said, like we said before throughout this podcast, this is the, if you're going to, if this is going to happen, this is the time for it to happen. You're going into a bye week. Obviously, this is not the week that you want to go into a bye week, but you're one loss team going into a bye week. You've got three ranked games still left on the schedule. That's good schedule wise, because they, obviously of reading some of these schedules that other teams have, that's not quite the case for, for many others. Um, so you've got three ranked games left. You're at Ohio state. You're at Michigan state too. You've got uh, you're hosting Michigan and what's going to be, I think a bet, uh, an incredible game uh, as far as atmosphere goes, you've still got Illinois. You've so you've got right out of the bye week you've got Illinois, which is not a bad thing by any means, but you know, it sets up nicely for Penn State if Sean Clifford is healthy and if Taquan Roberson can can pull it together. And, and let's talk about let's go back to the AM loss. This AM quarterback struggled mightily against Colorado State just a few weeks ago. Now he led AM as he was the backup coming into the season. Now he led AM to a victory over the number one ranked team in the country in Alabama. Yeah, it's uh hey. For those of you out there that love chaos, well, we got a little bit. I mean, uh, I, I I think like, a little bit's an understatement, Corey. I like having one dominant team that everybody is shooting for. That's why I've always kind of liked Alabama being so good. Because, hey, if you want to be the best, you know which team you've got to beat that's the best. This year, uh, I do think Georgia's the best, but still, I, I think there's a there, – we have more parity in college football this year, Jared, than I, I've seen in a, a good while. I think this is uh, pretty exciting in a lot of ways uh, for college football fans. No, I love the chaos. I think it's awesome. I think this is what this is what makes the, the football playoff and the polls um, really intriguing because now when, when you're in a week where the number one ranked team in the country, the number four ranked team in the country, and, you know, 13 went down today. Um, Arkansas lost to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is the 17th ranked team in the country um, when they lose. Um, and, you know, the number four, I'm sorry, the number four ranked team in the country lost. Um, and, and 16 wins and 25 wins and other teams are off. This is just pure chaos. And I think that's what makes it that much more exciting. And, hey, we're going to find out pretty quickly uh, what the rest of the country is, is all about because I think the Pac-12 has played themselves out. I think the Big 12 is on the way to playing themselves out because I think Oklahoma does lose um, at some point. At some point, they're going to have to play defense. Um, and at whatever the point that is, that's when they'll lose. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a two-division two race or two-conference race between the Big 10 
in the SEC um, as we gear up for, for the bye week and, and for Penn State moving forward. I just – I'll close by saying this. I hope I hope we can find out some information about Sean Clifford because everybody's going to want to know, but I don't think we will. Um, James Franklin doesn't talk about injuries. They've got a bye. Why would – they're not even releasing depth charts. Why would he tell anybody what's going on with Sean Clifford? Uh, unless it's a season-ending injury, which, you know, my goodness, that, that would be devastating, and let's hope that is not the case. I – I sit here and think that we are not going to know anything about Sean Clifford until we get set for warmups in a couple weeks against Illinois. Yeah. If he's in, if he's on the field in uniform, then that's the first time that we'll hear anything. It'll probably just be day to day or it'll be, I don't think we're going to hear much of anything. I mean, this is a team that it's, it's very much like Fort Knox when it comes to any sort of information. The only time that I think that they've really slipped up in information is the citrus bowl a couple of years ago. He said that Trace McSorley had broken his foot and he was out for the game or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Then McSorley comes back and 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 Penn State keeps everything not just close to the vest, but underneath the vest and under about six different layers of clothes. Um, and, but and that's just kind of the way it is. That's how it is. The university out for Franklin. So it'll be very interesting to see how they handle Sean Clifford. But the hope is that Sean Clifford is is healthy, um, and that's not just from a football player standpoint. That's from an individual standpoint too. I think that's important to note that yes, these guys are are finely tuned athletic machines, to quote the Water Boy, but they are also um, humans as well. And you want uh, Sean Clifford to be ha- uh, healthy and and hopefully some good football left ahead of us. Yeah, big old if. It's it's a it's a bit, it's a tiny little word, but it. It, it, it's a huge thing in life if the biggest two-letter word in the dictionary and now that we've we're quoting miriam webster and the water boy i think it's good enough to say goodbye and hello to the bye week Corey. so for Corey geiger this has been jared prugar on the we are podcast on the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network we will catch you for the bye week here next sunday on the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network